you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast, an NFL podcast for the players, by the players. Here is your host, 14-year NFL veteran and Hall of Famer, Aeneas Williams. Today we have one of the greatest receivers in NFL history. Two of the most reliable hands the game has ever seen. From the Ohio State University and push-off artist, the incredible Chris Carter. That wasn't in my notes. I, I added that from you, personal experience. You just, I, I can't believe you. How can you sabotage that, man? I'm in the Hall of Fame like you, man. How can you be like? Push-off artist. The young wide receivers need to know how you did this. <laughs> The little shove that you don't get called for. We need to put that out there. It's kind of like the Bible. The Bible, man couldn't have read it because if man had written it, they wouldn't have put their flaws in. See, yo. Right. Right? But I, I'm, I'm going to say this, just so if we want to be public, put it out there. <laughs> there is no good wide receiver, especially if he's not fast. Like if you don't have, if God doesn't bless you with blazing speed Tell and all. Hill. Yes. Like, I'm not Sammy Watkins. I'm not Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill could probably outrun me as a three-year-old. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be in hand-to-hand -hand combat battling people. I'm not running away from people. So for me, I had to try to perfect the things that were going to be able to give me some type of advantage. And offensive football is played a certain way. We have several advantages on the defensive back. Several. Several. 
Several. From the beginning. Let me take notes. Let me write this down. What's the first? Several. Number one is, I know the snap count. Know the snap. Got number it. two is, I know where I'm going. Know where you're going. And number three is, some defensive coach has convinced a fool that he could run backwards and keep up with me and I'm running <laughs> forward. Goodness gracious. Let's go. Is Get a, me some of that. Is that a backhanded compliment? No, it's just those are the it's facts. The fact. Like you said, just like the Bible, <laughs> a lot of people ain't going to like it. So let's just put, put it, it out, out there. there. Gotcha. <laughs> now we can do something. Now we, now we, now we got something to work <laughs> So we got, you know the snap count. You know where I'm going. Where you going. And some defensive coach has caused disillusion. No, with some has guy. caused, taught a fool that he could do this running backwards against a guy running forward. Gotcha. It's a lot of fools over there on defense, man. Is that right? Yes, IQ, when you transition from offense to defense, IQ go down. <laughs> That's been proven, too. Now, before Not we... scientifically, but proven. Now, I will beg to differ. Let me tell you what I got my transformation. Little league, 110-pound team. I'm the running back. Up until that time, I'm the dominant running back. All of a sudden, I had this epiphany. We decided, because we were so good, Chris, to play against the 130-pound team. Mm. I run the ball, because I think I'm all that. I go through the hole, the hole, and I had this epiphany. It's the first time I heard God. Mm. His name was Troy Scano. He was the middle linebacker, Chris. He hit me so hard, I was on the ground wondering if I'm going to live and get any more breath. That's when it dawned on me. Speaking about intelligence, I said to myself, it has to be better hitting than getting hit. Now, let's segue into okay. the intelligence of the defensive player. I got to give you credit for that one now. I got to give you credit for that one. You had a bad day at work and decided this is not the line of work I want to be in. I like the company, but there got to be better jobs than this one. They said if you can't hold down a job, you might want to change your line of work. Yes. And, and no need getting hit with the ball. But let's talk about it, man. Crazy numbers. Let's first say when, all, when, when they always ask me who mimics your game today, the current players, and I'll say some guys. But I promise you, when I see Chris Carter today, I see Larry Fitzgerald. Tell me about that. I, I think Larry Fitzgerald, I think Larry is the, is the easiest example. We've spent so much time together. He's from Minneapolis. I've been mentoring him um, since he was 14 years old. So I think that's natural, his skill set, body type size, all those types of things. But also, you have to slide into the conversation, DeAndre Hopkins. Gotcha. You know, he's not a guy with blazing speed. He has right now what I would call the best hands in the NFL. And the reason the best hands is it can't be a guy that can't get to a lot of balls. And at this stage of Larry's career, 16 years in, he's still playing good football, but he's not the star receiver. So there might be a few balls that Larry, five, six years ago, he was going to get them. Okay. DeAndre Hopkins is in that mode. 
you know, right now. Mm -hmm. As far as a, he's more of a deep threat than, than I was, but as far as his route running, catching the ball in traffic, defeating the double team, also playing off Broadway, you know? He's not playing for the Cowboys like Michael Gotcha. He's not like Tim Brown playing with the Raiders. He's not like Jerry playing with the 49ers. So a lot of times, you know, in developing, you know, I look at other things. So I would say Larry and DeAndre, both of them, what they're doing, how they work on catching, how they try to make the impossible catch, not afraid of it, and playing at such a high and consistent level, I think both of those guys would have to be in my conversation. So you mentioned mentor, and a lot of times people say mentor, I'm being mentored for you. When you say, man, I mentored uh, Larry, what's a mentor to you? To me, is, um, it's far beyond uh, you know, a relationship, friendship, and um, we have a lot of relationships with people, and I think a lot of those relationships are just on the surface. To me, true mentoring is there's a sacrifice and there's a give and take on both sides. I see a lot of people that are experienced um, either in education, in life, uh, they've been very successful, and people come into their life and they're like, I'm mentoring them. But you actually can't mentor someone unless they ask you. Because there are gonna be things, man, in the mentor-mentee relationship, I'm gonna have to tell this person that this is not about no friendship. This is gonna be, this is how you rub the rock and it becomes a diamond. Hmm. You know, and that's part of the mentor's job is not to give them the conventional, the easy way of how things can be done. It's also that those tough conversations and if you see things you don't agree with, you should be speaking out or talking about them because that's what's about. You're sharing your experiences either in business or in life they would help this person streamline it. Like, I lived in New York for three years. And the locals will always tell you, man, avoid that local train, man. That mug gonna hit every stop. I mean, it's going to every stop down the train. But in life, sometimes you can get in the express lane. And that's what a good mentor, mentee relationship is, because he's gonna share things with you that you might not like, but it's gonna allow you in life to be able to get in that express lane and miss some of that hodgepodge that, you know, as people, mm -hmm. it gets us caught up in life. So for me, you have to have someone come to you and say, you know something, I want to be a part of your life in a, in a special type way. Mm -hmm. And that's what I had with Larry Fitzgerald, that's what I had with Jake Reed, that's what I had with Randy Moss. So I never felt like if just because I was older than a guy, I was going to be his mentor. No. There's a certain amount of submission and humility in that person that know that they need a mentor. Gotcha. Everyone needs a mentor, but most people don't think they need one. Gotcha. So you can't mentor someone that don't think that you're their mentor because they're not going to submit to some of the things that you need to and based on your experience, age, or whatever success that you've had that have brought you into this relationship, they're going to have to be able to recognize that. So for me, the, the mentor-mentee, that, that protege relationship is very, very different than some of the examples that I have heard and heard. seen. Today's player, the millennials as they, they call them, seem to have the appearance of not liking that correction or you gotta build them up first. 
before you mm -hmm. bring that level of co correction. How has that been for you with the current guys? You mentioned DeAndre. Or from overall standpoint of today's player, how can older veterans, yeah. legends, relate to them? This is the thing, man, and we've all been in this, and, and, and people try to get hung up on the millennial discussion because the millennials, because that's the thing. That's the hot thing. But when you're in a locker room environment, you see guys come in that are totally different than you, different ages, different nationalities, different upbringings, just different things, and not only the difference in age. So now we have the conversation about the millennials, and the truth of the matter is, man, we've been banging on the millennials unfairly. But every new group, we thought they were totally different. Right. We've been doing this for a long time. Like, if you went through the 50s, the guys in the 60s, they came up, the guys in the 50s, like, oh, man, those guys aren't tough. They can drink water at practice. Well, really, right. it's, it's proven over the years that it's more, far more practical. <laughs> then by the time you get to the 70s, the guys in the 50s and 60s are like, man, look at modern, and these guys are soft. By the time we get to the 80s, you come 90s, every generation has gone through changes. So why wouldn't we embrace the change that they have? They're real, and it, it starts with analyzing, yeah, they are different, but so what? So has every other generation. Correct. Now, from a technology standpoint, are they more attached to their phones than ever before? Yeah, so am I. I'm more attached to my phone. Uh, Nikki, I, I know you know this. You and I have taught on this for a long time. The ministry of Jesus Christ is meet people where they are. So let's meet the millennials where they are. Absolutely. You know, I have to up my technology game so that I can conversate with them. I'm far more on social media than I would ever be if I didn't think it wasn't a connection between me and this other generation. Gotcha. I, I know how old I am, but I don't want them to look at me as an old man. So you have to build embrace them, meet them where they are. Yes, they are different. So was I. You know, Harold Carmichael, he's going to the Hall of Fame this year. Him and I didn't play together, but he was around the Eagles, still working with the team when I was drafted. He looked at me and was like, man, you're a lot different than me. Mike Quick was there, great receiver. He's an announcer um, for the Eagles to this day. He was like, man, that guy's different than me. And now here I am sitting there in their position. Right. I'm like... <laughs> That's exactly how I was. There's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing, well, there's new stuff, and you have to be able to go out and discover it, but right. there's nothing new as far as change. Gotcha. There's always been change in human beings. There's always been changes as far as technology, visibility, all those things, access. So we have to be able to meet these people where they are. I believe that helps the situation, but also it's, they're not that much different. You have to know and accept not like, except they're going to be more connected to social media. And social media, when you spend that amount of time in front of that unit, that computer, you develop a personality off of that. So affirmation with social media, Instagram's a lot more friendly than Twitter. You know what I'm saying? But right. these guys are looking at their phones and looking at their stuff. Not for news. They're looking for their stuff. Affirmation. So hmm. affirmation better be a part because they getting it. How many hours are they looking at this? They're getting that. If that's eight hours, that's nine hours, ten hours, they are getting that. They are not looking at the tough film, Nikki. 
You know that Bill Belichick, even after you win, he bringing them 15, 20 plays where you look awful and he just rips you apart. That's not our, that's not our natural instinct. We, man, we like nice, comfortable stuff. No, coach, show me the good plays. <laughs> no, show me the good one. Don't show me where I missed the jam. Don't show me where I dropped the ball. When I used to drop the ball in the film, the coach sometimes used to be talking to me. I had to make sure I listened because I always close my eyes because your brain is forever taking pictures. And I had so many millions of pictures of me catching stuff that when that one bad shot, I would close my eyes. The coach would be like, Chris, you see that? Yes, sir. You know what you did wrong there? Yes, sir. I would know what I needed to do instantly. Gotcha. Didn't have my palms together. Should have had my index and my thumb together. Dang on DB was holding me. Um, so I had already made the analysis on it, but I would close my eyes because I didn't want those pictures inside of my brain because I had so many. And the reason why I used to get so upset when I couldn't catch a ball because I had thousands of pictures of the ones I had never caught. I had them in my head. I had them in my head, and I knew that I could make that catch. So for me, these kids are taking pictures, and it's, a lot of it's based off social media. And if I want to be able to connect with them, if I still want to be relevant, if I want to know what the modern-day athlete is thinking, I better come up with some ways to identify with them and get down where they are. If not, I'm going to be lost. They're not lost. I'm lost. And you wouldn't be able to relate to them. No. Nope. And it wouldn't be their fault. 1,100, over 1,100 receptions, 130 touchdowns. Your own challenges, young player, what, third round Philadelphia Eagles? Is it third round, Chris? Fourth round. Fourth round, I'm sorry. Yeah. Shout out first to the Southern University, Harold Carmichael. Appreciate you. Welcome, oh, Harold, Hall of Famer. Shout yeah. out. He's the third one. Yeah, recently, he ain't in yet, you know. I'm sorry. Yeah, selected. He's been selected a until a ceremony. Yeah. Gotcha. My, my bad. Yeah. Selectee. Gotcha. Yeah, but we're happy for him. Exactly. <laughs> That's the third Southern Jaguar, just so you know. I know Ohio State have all okay. your Hall of Fame. Wow, okay. Shout out HBCU. Man, that's really strong. Yeah, just wanted to put that out there. That's a, now, I didn't know that. Really? I, did, I, didn't, I, I didn't know that. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Mel Blount. Yeah, no doubt. I'm putting it together. Aeneas. Three of my all-time favorites, too. That's nice. Because wow. Mel, I love Mel to death. And he overcomes. You wouldn't have gotten off the jam with him. Well, I'm just going to tell you, God knows what he's doing. <laughs> he put him on the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 70s because he knew Mel's confidence would not be able to stand me shaking him up. This guy here, man. So, like, God knows what he's doing now. I got you. I got you. We're not going to mess with that. We're not going to mess yeah, with that. Yeah, leave him alone. Yeah. Challenges at Philadelphia, early on, your formative years, you growing up, rebounding from that, when you look back at Chris at that age, what can you share with us he was thinking? I would say is, From my youth, almost every team that I can ever remember being on, I was the best player and the captain of the team. From your youth? 
from the first time I ever, first time I ever touched the football, I was a quarterback, eight years old, and um, quarterback ran 18 bootleg, and I went 70 yards for a touchdown. Labor Day, eight years old. Tried to sign up when I was seven. Tried to doctor up my birth certificate, went up there with, to the park with my cousin. And they were like, I, you need your mom to come down here with you, boy. This don't look right. And I said, okay, I'll go right home and get her. I had to wait a year because I knew it was already doctored right. up. My mom would kill me if she knew I was down there trying to sign up. So I really thought, man, like I was focused on being great. Like I went through the whole thing, man. I mean, high school, college, All-American, first team All-American high school. I made fifth or sixth team All-American in basketball in high school, first team All-American in college. Like I really thought like I was doing it, but I really wasn't. I wasn't making the type of sacrifice it take to be great, like on and off the field. Like I just took all that stuff for granted. And then when I got to Philadelphia, people, people say that um, money changes you. And what money does is money makes you a bigger what you already are. Hmm. And when I got to Philadelphia, being that big city, having money, it just enhanced me to abuse my body. I got strung out on cocaine. I was doing like an eight ball of cocaine every other day. I really thought like I was doing something, but I wasn't. And until my life collapsed and I lost my job, that I realized I had not given myself the best opportunity. It's the, it's the worst thing that I could ever talk about because it's so... Mm. I mean, it's just, it, like, I almost threw my life away. Like, my life was in the balance. Like, it was just, and as a kid, I was so focused. Like, when my mom heard about the things I would do, she said, that is the least likely of my kids I ever thought would be. She didn't know it. No. Because I just kept everything a secret. Reggie White, like, he didn't know. Like, he was doing everything for me, like, he didn't know. And then when he cut me. Buddy. Yes. Buddy Ryan. Coach Buddy Ryan. But Buddy knew. Did Buddy know? Buddy knew because the results of the drug test. And Buddy was just, it just happened that um, and then this is this is nothing against the people of Minnesota. I like I, if people ever hear this, like you just have to hear me. I just wish I could have stayed in Philly and got it right. Why? It's, it's really hard to overcome people giving up on you. Like it's, 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 mm. 
So even to this day, it doesn't haunt me, but it's a catalyst. Like everything I do and everywhere I go, I try to be on time. I try to be dependable. Because he looked at me and told me he couldn't trust me. Hmm. Coach Buddy did. Yeah. And that hurt me. Like, like it hurt me. Like, he didn't even made me a captain on the team the year before. I was 23. Reggie White, Randall Cunningham, Mike Quick, I was captain. Hmm. And it was, uh, man, it was, you know, so for me, like, it was eye-opening not that my life and everything, but it was eye-opening just how quick, like, you can lose it all. Hmm. And to me, like, when he cut me, he decided, man, I, I don't know. I can only say God. But he said, I want to tell you a story. Coach Buddy. Yeah. And I'm like, why ain't getting this over with? Like, you already told me you don't trust me. He said, last night I was talking to my wife. And um, she was a Christian. And, she, and he said, I got to make one of the hardest cuts I'm going to have to make tomorrow. And I got to cut Chris Carter, you know, because he's strung out on drugs. He's addicted to cocaine. And he said, I don't believe people can get better. Hmm. And his wife said, buddy, please don't cut him. He's going to do something great with his life. And he didn't listen to her. But he told me the story. And it was just like, as I started going older and being in relationships, I started saying how important it is for men to listen to their wives. Mm. And that dude still cut me, man. And after that, I was like, no man will ever be in control of my life like that ever again. Now, what did you mean by that? Mean that I was going to put myself in a position to get the best out of my ability. Like, I had been lying to myself. I had been working that hard. And I was going to do everything to learn everything to be the best person, athlete that I could be. And I set out on a mission. And that was almost 30 years ago. It was Labor Day, 1990. And I remember. And it's been 30 years, man, since I used cocaine. It's been 30 years on the 21st of September since I had a drink. And it's the catalyst to this day for everything that I do. I came down looking for you for the podcast 25 minutes early. I can't tell everybody that story, but that's the reason why. Because Buddy Ryan gave up on me. But him telling that story... No matter where I go, no matter what I do, I remember Buddy's wife saying, he's going to do something great with his life one day. So for me, it just rings true. He's going to do something great with his life one day, but it was really up to me. And, um, man, I didn't know we were going to go here today, man. I didn't, but... You know, it's my burden in life. Like, it'll never change, Nikki. No matter what I do, no matter what I accomplish, no matter what, it's what I have to live with every single day. 
And like I tell my wife, there will be a day I'll have this under control. And that's the day she buries me. Mm -hmm. Not a day sooner, not a minute later. It under control. What do you mean? Well, it's always a 24-hour journey. And I've been doing that for 30 years. 24-hour reps, just trying to make it through. Like being on a football field, having your head on a swivel? And trying to make good decisions, man, so my team wins. And my team is all those associated with me, mm -hmm. all those who have helped me, the NFL, all my former teammates, all my family, all of them, and all of them are depending on me to make really good decisions. Mm -hmm. My buddy's wife is always telling me every single day, that boy gonna do something great with his life. And I just keep telling myself that over and over and over and over again. So to me, as a son, as a husband, as an employer, as a friend, I try to be dependable. I don't have a lot of friends, but the ones I'm friends with, I'm good. They're good to me and I'm good to them because of what I went through and trying to get my life turned around. You know, Buddy Ryan just exposed me to the world for what I really was. And then it was up for me to try to make some adjustments, man. Well, as you said, Chris, and those who hear Chris referring to this guy named Nikki, that's me. <laughs> as you just said, we were not headed down this direction. But God knew we would, because this is more than life. I was going to talk. You're to way you. better than anybody out there doing podcasts. I'm going to tell you because they ain't going to get this. Thank you. <laughs> this has Jeez. been Chris. This has been life changing. This is one of the reasons when you think about Troy, Tracy, the team are here that does that do these podcasts. Man, we don't want to sit down and just talk about football. You just talked about life, man. You just talked about life. <laughs> and the irony in life, that the guy who exposed you to the world, namesake buddy, yep. became the buddy that helped you discover the real you. There's no doubt, man. I'm forever grateful. He pushed me to a place I couldn't get to myself. Thank you, Chris. No, no, thank you, bro. This has been outstanding. Thank you for joining the Legends Podcast. I'm Aeneas Williams. The best is yet to come. This has been the NFL Legends Podcast. To provide feedback or request a topic for discussion, email us at nfllegends at nfl.com. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at Let'sMakeAPlan.org.